0: Hello and welcome to this new season of the Stack Magazines podcast. My name is Stephen Watson, I'm the founder of Stack, the service that searches out the world's best independent magazines and delivers them direct to thousands of readers around the world every month. If you love discovering great new publishing from outside the mainstream, head over to stackmagazines.com and use the code PODCAST to save 10% when you join our independent magazine club. When I recorded the last episode of this podcast, I thought we were going to take a bit of time off for Christmas and we'd have the podcast back at some point in January. But then we went into lockdown and the schools closed, and I suddenly found myself with much less time on my hands than normal. Then the schools reopened again, but the Easter holidays were just around the corner, and I knew I'd struggle to find time to record and edit then. But I'm very pleased to say that finally, nearly five months later than I anticipated, we're back with this new episode. Of course, the benefit of not doing the podcast for ages is that loads of amazing magazines have been published in the last few months, and I can't wait to jump back into speaking with them about the stuff that they do. We've started with Abigail Busby and Ryan Hunt, editor and art director of Novella, a new magazine that came out right at the start of this year. And which totally blew me away when I picked it up. It's a fashion magazine that takes a literary approach to its subject. And in this conversation, they explain why they were so excited to play with the conventions of the fashion magazine. They also say that when they started work on the project, they actually didn't intend to make a magazine at all. And I think that's one of the things that helps to make novella so special there's a handmade kind of experimental approach to it that stands out as not at all magazine and carries this lovely feel of sort of bookish craftsmanship. It's a really wonderful magazine and we still have a few copies left, so head over to stackmagazines.com forward slash shop and search for it there if you want to see more. But first, I hope you'll enjoy this conversation with Abigail and Ryan from Novella. Abigail, Ryan, thank you so much for taking the time to join me.
1: Yeah, of course. I'm happy to be
2: here. Yeah,
0: excited. So Novella is one of uh, my favorite magazines that, uh, that came out last year. And I think I love it because, I mean, I'm really not particularly into fashion, but the way that you come at fashion completely opens it out to me and makes it totally fascinating to me i wonder could you maybe start by describing like what was your intention with making this magazine
1: um yeah i I, it's good to hear and that was definitely like an intention we wanted to make sort of clothing stories feel more accessible to everyone Mm -hmm. um that was really important because we all wear clothes we all have something to say about them um, so I think one of our main goals with this was to be kind of in between a fashion magazine and a little bit of a literary journal. Mm-hmm. Um, so a little more text focused, um, a little less glossy, um, and a little more critical to, um, you know, mostly fashion magazines are judged by the cover image and that's like the big selling feature. Um so something we really wanted to do was invert that and just put text on the cover and kind of see how that changed who picked it up, you know, um, and how shops merchandised it and um it I think it was pretty successful in that. Um in that just more general readers or people that weren't fashion people, whatever that means. <laughs> um felt a little more it felt a little more accessible um and because it was more story focused um yeah it just felt a little more personal too so um, so we
0: should, we should we should we should talk about the cover a little bit then so <clears throat> so the the theme of this issue is um, romance and so the cover is almost entirely text and you've got the name of the magazine up in the left-hand corner with issue number one, romance, and then you're just straight into a description of what romance is and why you're interested in it for, for this issue. And I particularly like the way that that then wraps around to that outside back cover. So basically, when I first saw this magazine, you start reading this like really quite long description on the front cover of why we're interested in romance. And then you sort of, like, flip it round, and there's even more text and that, like, you know, even smaller, even denser. And before I'd even, like, opened the cover of the magazine, you had me. Like, I, I was totally drawn in and captivated by this thing that you'd made.
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I really appreciate magazines where you kind of can you gonna go straight into it and I, I feel like that is kind of a trend uh, at least right now like I feel like I open magazines a lot and like the first cover you're like right into the meat of it mm. which I love because you can get a sense of what it's about um, a little bit quicker
2: well and and also like from a design standpoint for the the whole thing like Abigail had mentioned, we we're kind of like deconstructing a fashion magazine, but also like we both have a really strong love of just like books and how they're sort of pace and how they like tell story. Um and so a lot of there's a lot of design elements throughout it that are sort of you know referencing kind of more just traditional books, especially because it's called novella. Um and the cover kind of inadvertently because it was like almost a last minute. for us we did the cover last and it was just kind of like this feels right and we kind of sat with it for a minute and we're just like that's the cover but it works very much in a book way of having that kind of pacing you know leading you to the the text and once we started thinking about it that way like you know when we started working on the front and back matter um that sort of started to frame how we were how are we like introducing people to the content and making the transition from the the outside of it to the inside of it as like
0: smooth as possible it's, it's a pretty effective way of setting your stall out as well in terms of okay we want to do something different here which is playing with the form i mean as you say of, of books uh, as well as with magazines so to to have a cover with <clears throat> you no know, images on it and to get this much much text on the, the front and back pages feels like kind of deliberately rebellious like you're you're sort of you're taking a, a convention and chucking it out and doing something different and there so it, i guess in like maybe a, a slightly smaller way you've got this thing through the magazine of um pull quotes that you know everyone knows that the pull quotes is supposed to be a piece of text that's in the flowing like you know article that's being pulled out so you can read it whereas the way you've taken it the pull quote is actually just part of the text. And so you kind of read it and you've like, you've left deliberate um, sort of overlaps between where the text flows through the columns and then like comes out into these big pull quotes.
1: Yeah. I, I think something that, and again, that was another thing that was kind of one of the things we added in last sort of is just, you know, Oh, we kind of like this. This feels right. Let's just throw it in. Um, and that's been something that people have responded to, um, a lot where the, or you're meant, you're mentioning the deconstructed like romance quotes, right?
0: Um, oh, and, well, so, ha- so hang on, maybe, maybe it's a different thing. So the, so the deconstructed um, romance quotes, is that the, that's like the little like loose leaf pages that you've got where you've clipped out. The yes. Text.
1: Yes. And then we also have that page of pull quotes too. Um, Kind of right in the front, but yeah, we we were kind of playing with chopping. We wanted it to feel like we were kind of collaging like physical ephemera.
0: Mm, mm. So,
1: um, specifically with whatever uh, form of literature we're like addressing in that issues theme. Mm-hmm. Um, so, the collaged pull quotes with the text in the the pieces. Um we wanted it to feel like it's hard to tell um whether you're reading an essay or whether you're reading one of the collaged uh romance novels and wanted to sort of like mix that like fact and fiction a little bit uh-huh,
0: uh-huh.
1: Um, yeah
2: and and a lot of the like so like maybe this is getting ahead of ourselves a little bit but you know, novella originally kind of started as which we allude to a little bit in like the kind of story about it. And uh, like the in, in one of the inner cover flaps. But you know, it originally kind of started, um, Abby was going to start like a, like an online vintage store and like curate collections around a theme. And then we were like, Oh, well, you know, we can shoot that and do like a photo shoot. And then We'll collect the photos into, you know, a book that we could sell at, like, the, you know, the opening of the collection of clothing. Then we were like, oh, let's get some writing, and we'll kind of add that into it. And then we just started to have way more fun working on, like, the book itself hmm. and, and building that side out and realized that, like, running a vintage store is, like, a lot of work that we don't like. <laughs> and... And so, like, originally, too, we had designed the whole thing, you know, like, I was just getting really into just being weird and symbolic about how I was, like, laying out the text and having, and the images and how they relate to each other, and we kind of showed it um, at, like, a little typography club here in Seattle, and they were just like, this is, this is my interesting ideas going on here, but it's confusing and weird, and... Someone there um, told us to just, they challenged us to think about, like, how we're telling a story, and so we went back to the drawing board and kind of started from scratch on the design of it, and we started just thinking, like, well, originally this is kind of like a mood board of what we were thinking about for this collection of clothing, so, like, let's have, what's, what feels like a mood board instantly, and it's like, oh, well, physical ephemera, and, like, making it tangible and that kind of makes it feel more accessible as well. Like the great way to lead into really academic content because it's not a wall of text, you know, it's like, there's like maybe some images where we have those pull quotes that look like scraps of paper collaged in. And it's a way to like kind of allude to pulp this kind of, we've been thinking of novella and using this term we like to call advanced pulp. Like Hmm. it's like fun, but like there's some meat to it. Um so that was kind of, yeah, that's kind of yeah, it's kinda how we got
0: there, I guess. I I love the idea that this so this thing starts as like a promotion for a shop that never happened but the the promotional material <laughs> yeah. kind of like took its place. But I mean <clears throat> so that I can see there's a way of doing that where, you know, you end up with this like great design that you've like reworked and workshopped and, and you know brought that together. But actually, you know, it's it's not just about a thing that looks really good. The the text in here is so, so insightful and and like really beautifully curated and, and brought together. How, how did you start the process of going out and finding writers who would be able to deliver something of, of this standard?
1: Yeah, I mean, so like Ryan was saying, it was a little bit of a tumbleweed of a magazine where you know we didn't sit out to make a magazine at all at first, um, and so. As we were kind of tacking on things to this photo shoot shop, vintage shop idea, and being like, oh, what if we got some friends to contribute to a little zine that accompanies this photo shoot? And, um, you know, what if we have some academic pieces or some poetry? Um, So most of these people were kind of just friends and friends of friends, um, which felt, I think, right for the first issue. Um, because these are kind of just conversations that we were all having amongst ourselves. And, um, I don't know, the issue being about romance and clothing stories, I think we were all kind of, you know, in new relationships or, um, single friends that were dating, we were all kind of dealing with, um, our relationships to our partners and our clothing and, Um, so I don't think anyone in here is like a professional writer, um, or, you know, this isn't what they do full time. Um, so initially we sent out, uh, kind of a prompt, um, with the issues theme and kind of some of the topics that we were dealing with, um, and kind of just opened it up to our friends, uh, to see if they wanted to contribute, um. Which, thinking back now, maybe that isn't the way we're going to do it for the next one. Um, because it's a, it's, it's a little chaotic, and it's hard to curate your content.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, but you also, it, it's great because you get things that you never could have anticipated or, you know, expected. Um, so it, it was a little crazy. And it honestly, since this isn't our full-time job, it took us a while to kind of, Cut things and rein it back in again, and figure out what this thing was. Um, but I was really—I'm pleased with what we got, and none of it feels, I think, too stuffy or unapproachable because these are kind of just normal people talking about their relationships with their clothing. Right.
0: Um, There's a, a, a piece, <clears throat> so I think like the first main piece in the magazine uh, by Leonard Petterson called yes. peterson and she's writing about the power of the wedding dress that she got married in even though like you know that relationship ended and the, there's a, a quote at the end um i don't want this dress to speak for me but i fear it will i fear it won't say enough and i just the, like it, i mean i guess the the power of that comes from it being so personal and the fact that, that here's a, an item of clothing that is so freighted with meaning and and I guess sort of hopes for the future. And then what happens when that doesn't turn out the way you thought it might do?
1: L- Lena's is one of my favorite pieces in the whole issue, um, and she just wrote so beautifully about her wedding dress. And I think her her piece was just that perfect. Example of kind of the content that we were hoping to get and got, which was, it's it's very personal. It's her story, but it touches on just some bigger themes of clothing and identity, and you know, gender and um, how clothing just plays a part in that, um, and and just representing, you know, these your inner
0: worlds yeah yeah uh, and and then <clears throat> and then a very different piece so i think this one written by you um about the classic romance novels uh and the the paintings that are used as the covers of those novels and and basically you sort of like deconstructing like what what these images tell you and what they mean about romance and about the content within the books yeah um
1: uh, so kind of when we started this um, I had bought a giant box of old dime store romance novels at a thrift store here in Seattle, and as I we were kind of working on the theme and we'd kind of settled on romance, I had decided to kind of just like look into uh, romance novels a little more intensely, and kind of just got sucked into this world of romance novels and. I didn't know how much just academic research and study and conversation around just the object of the romance novel there was. Um, So I just found it like completely fascinating and felt that it would just warrant a little uh, peek into clothing in romance novels, which I don't really think many people have specifically talked about. Um, and I just thought it was so interesting how clothing in romance novels is almost just another character. It's such a focus and kind of leading up to any big love scene in a romance novel, clothing has to be addressed mm. or talked about or removed. And um it, it was I I loved just kind of looking at the text. Um and the descriptions of clothing within romance novels and on the covers as well. It's just such a big component. And, um, it was a fun little, um, detour. Cause it's not <laughs> something I grew up reading. Um, it felt like something more, um, for my mom's generation or my grandmother's generation. I don't know anyone my age who really reads that kind of romance novel. Um, but I guess, looking into it a little more it's still like the top selling genre of literature which kind of blew my mind and kind of created like the modern day paperback and um it was just so fun so fascinating and um yeah i still have the box full of romance novels <laughs> yeah. sitting in my office i'm staring at it right now and i'm trying to find something to do with that. Well, um
0: so so like, one of one of the things that you did with it <clears throat> There's a, um, a a book called Pearl Moon, I think, which is the one that you used for, you mentioned this earlier, you, you, you took sample pages from one of these romance um, novels and you cut out like select words, which you then printed in the magazine to form almost these little, sort of like kind of poetic quotes. But then you like tipped in as loose leaves copies of those pages with, like, the holes cut out of them. I mean, where, where did this idea come from, and how did you go about doing something like that?
1: Yeah, I... Because Novella was sort of... Um, it, it feels a little more like a personal practice, and so I've kind of done some art project collage, sewing, quilting things, kind of as an accompaniment on the side. So kind of creating... Um, poetry with extracting some of that text relating to like bodies and clothing and garments from the romance novels was, was just interesting. And it was interesting to kind of extract it and highlight it and rearrange it. Um, And so I just started doing that for fun. And then as we were focusing in on wanting to highlight a particular genre of literature within novella it felt right to kind of include those as well and recontextualize them a little bit um because clothing within the romance novel is very gendered and it is very you know um romantic and gothic and crazy and it, it just was fun to kind of play with that a little bit and rearrange it in um in an order that felt more true to me or spoke to me or
2: yeah 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 also when we started laying it out too like they became this sort of kind of continuous thread throughout the magazine to Mm -hmm. sort of you know like with the theme being romance and playing with this like ephemera and whatnot it like in a way it becomes like the voice of the issue to kind of And it punctuates different articles and we use it to transition kind of from one thing to the other, which it really it kind of helps give pause if you're reading it from like start to finish.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so presumably then you had to go to your printer and say, okay, so we want to copy these pages from this (laughs) novel and we want to cut out these specific words (laughs) that like what's what's the physical process you even go through to do that? So, so originally, it was just printed on the page, and
2: our um, editor, Robert, who's a dear friend of ours, um, who does a lot of cool, like, indie publishing things here in Seattle, um, he was, you know, we were showing him the d- different drafts, um, and he would always kind of get stuck on the poems Is like, you know, they're cool, but, like, I just don't know if they feel right, they feel really flat, and he kind of was like, you should just, you know, yeah, like, print them out and slot them in there um and he was like yeah you could just get like a little desktop plotter and like cut cut it all out because we were thinking of it being a really small run at the time like 300 felt like a lot for us even so we were like oh we could do that you know just kind of run it in the background and then like cut to like a year after that decision (laughs) and we're like in our office for like a week and every spare hour is just feeding this little desktop plotter (laughs) we have your paper um it was an it was a involved process but we'll definitely talk to a printer next time about
1: (laughs) Um, it we're never doing that again (laughs) (laughs) yeah
0: So, so how many did you print of this first issue
1: so we printed 300 mm-hmm. uh, we actually got about 260 or something one of our boxes was lost uh. so somewhere on some ship or loading dock there's some magazines laying around
0: yeah
1: um but yeah we we kept it pretty conservative for this first issue because i didn't know I, you know i wasn't anticipating selling it that many places at first you know I was kind of my goal was just to get it into like our main bookstore here in Seattle and wasn't really looking elsewhere that much um but we ended up getting a distributor for this and that really just opened up the doors to getting it in places we never we thought we could
0: yeah yeah I bet I bet okay so this has all been about the first issue the way you're talking about it sounds like there might be plans in place for a second issue.
1: Yeah, we definitely want to do another one. Um, and we're kind of planning towards finishing up something by the end of this year. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know what the theme is yet. Um, we Also, we do this on the side. This is kind of our side job. I, I work in um, the apparel industry and design full-time. Mm -hmm. um so this is kind of just a passion project um so we we usually take it really slow um and make want to just get it right and aren't super rushed about it um Mm -hmm. but we Mm -hmm. like the idea of kind of launching it at the the beginning of next year um and potentially doing some more copies um i definitely didn't keep enough personal stock for myself for the first one yeah And I kind of feel bad about it now because I don't really have any to give out, you know, or I don't have any just for my own, you know, personal archive. So.
0: Yeah. Do you know, I don't know a single independent publisher who says they've got exactly the right number of copies though. So everyone either has way too many or, or not enough. I don't think everyone's, I don't think anyone's ever printed the right amount of copies.
1: Yeah. We're, we're a little bit distracted right now. Um, from just focusing on the issue to, uh, cause we're planning kind of a, a pop-up shop with, um, independent kind of fashion publications from all over the world.
2: Amazing.
1: I'm uh, in battle right now. Really? Um, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm really excited about it. Um, cause just, you know, through researching novella and kind of deciding on publishing as like a form of making and research within fashion, um, it's just kind of opened up this whole world of critical fashion publishing to me that I didn't really know existed. Mm. Um, And it's just such an exciting like arena of publishing right now. Um, And it's just, it seems like there's like a new critical fashion magazine coming out like every other month or something. (laughs) And it feels like really new and exciting, um, especially in, an arena where passion publishing has always kind of just been deemed as frivolous or fluff. Mm-hmm. Um, it isn't very self-aware or critical of itself. And it feels like now is the time um, for that to change. And also because of just the internet and digital um, it a lot of fashion magazines just it doesn't make sense for it to exist anymore
0: yeah at
1: least like the traditional format
0: so so when will when will this be happening
1: it'll be happening in june Mm -hmm. um here in seattle um at gift shop it'll be the second weekend of june and we're pulling in publications from Amsterdam, there's so many amazing fashion publications out of Amsterdam right now. Um, Australia, London, um, some from the US. Um, Yeah, which it's, it's crazy to me because... Through getting a distributor as well, we just kind of found out that there's not a great distributor in the U.S. Yes, yeah. For independent publishing, which just blew my mind. Um, So, so many magazines that are everywhere in the EU and the UK are nowhere in the U.S. because nobody's sort of like consolidating it all. So, Mm, mm. at least for Novella, um, we had a distributor from London. They bought the majority a large portion of our stock and retailers in the u.s were buying from london and Mm. shipping it back to the u.s which just seems like such a roundabout way of doing things and so so my hope is like maybe just bring some of these over and i don't know learn how importing and exporting works because it's just such a shame that a lot of these magazines don't have any U.S. stockists. Yeah, well, and they're
2: they're such a great resource, you know, like, especially with, like, something like Critical Fashion, but even as, like, a designer, like, a graphic designer myself, I remember going to school and not knowing about the indie publishing world at all and not being talked about here, and then going to the LA Art Book Fair that Printed Matter puts on for the first time and that just felt like like my my like hope and faith and like design was like restored (laughs) like something like that was possible and that that world existed and it's just that like you you have to see it done to know that like it can be done and you know early on too with Novella um we did a little it was like right before the pandemic we were hoping to do it more regularly but Abby had already been kind of building this personal library of critical fashion publications just out of, like, just, like, getting really excited and trying to track all this stuff down, and um, I had been doing, like, a little kind of ambient DJ set at, like, a local cafe here, and we thought it would just make a lot of sense. It was called No Phone Zone, and the idea was to, like, put your phone away and kind of zone out, and we just thought it'd be, like, we should just bring these books and just, like, people put their phone away and they can pick up a book and read about it. And we had a few students show up actually and seeing them like interact with this stuff probably for the first time, was just really cool. And they loved it. And so when we started working on actually printing novella and thinking about selling it, we always kind of just were like this, you know, all this other stuff we found, like if we can find a way to kind of bring it here, you know, and put it alongside novella, not only does it help us tell our story more effectively because it's like, you know, it puts it in context, but it also just, you know, turns people on to cool stuff.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if anyone's listening to this and they're thinking, I make an amazing critical fashion magazine, how, how should they get in touch with you? How should they put it in front of you?
1: Oh, I mean, any way. <laughs> DM us on Instagram. Um, email, email us. Again? abigailbusby at (laughs) gmail.com maybe i shouldn't mention that and i'm gonna get a ton of emails um but yeah i mean i i'm so open and i'm so i just i think publishing in relation to any practice is so useful in creating like a larger conversation around a thing um, and reflecting on your practice in a different way and kind of stumbling onto just uh, publications like Press and Fold, which I think you have. Mm, yeah, and,
0: yeah.
1: Um, Vestroy is another one. Um, really just blew my mind at the time when I found them. Um, cause I came from a more traditional fashion education and then going straight into corporate fashion design and especially in America where making and sort of academia are very segregated.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Um, Seeing this marriage of the academic and the research with the hand and the making of a clothing um, was really just mind blowing (laughs) and making me think about Uh, my practice in a different way and so I mean my my only hope is to like do that for somebody else um, Yeah. whether through you know sharing novella or bringing other in uh, other publications from around the world like I just want to get these things in front of students and you know encourage them to think about fashion apart from just starting a brand or going and working at a company or the fashion you
0: know machine yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. no completely yeah, yeah. well so, look you you've made an amazingly strong start with this first issue with novella and it sounds like your event coming up in june is going to be like another great step forward so um really good luck with that and um i can't wait to see issue two when it comes out next year
1: Thank you so much.
0: Thank you. Okay, that's all for this week. I'd like to say thanks again to Abigail and Ryan for making the time to speak to me. As you can probably tell, they're independent magazine enthusiasts as well as publishers. And I love the way they're building this outpost for independence in Seattle. Again, if all this has left you wanting to see Novella for yourself, head over to stackmagazines.com forward slash shop and you'll find our last few copies on sale there. We're back to our regular weekly schedule now, so if you've enjoyed this one, please do follow us wherever you get your podcasts and we'll be able to deliver our next episode straight to you as soon as it's ready. Thank you very much for listening to this one and we'll be back with another episode next week.